Chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Gloss. Christ, having now fulfilled the law in respect of commandments, begins to fulfill it in respect of promises, that we may do God's commandments for heavenly wages, not for the earthly which the law held out. All earthly things are reduced to two main heads, viz. human glory and abundance of earthly goods, both of which seem to be promised in the law. Concerning the first is that spoken in Deuteronomy, the Lord shall make thee higher than all the nations who dwell on the face of the earth. And in the same place it is added of earthly wealth, the Lord shall make thee abound in all good things. Therefore the Lord now bids these two things, glory and wealth, to the attention of believers. Chrysostom. Yet be it known that the desire of fame is near akin to virtue. Pseudo Chrysostom. For when anything truly glorious is done, their ostentation has its readiest occasion. So the Lord first shuts out all intention of seeking glory, as he knows that this is of all fleshly vices the most dangerous to man. The servants of the devil are tormented by all kinds of vices, but it is the desire of empty glory that torments the servants of the Lord more than the servants of the devil. Augustine. How great strength the love of human glory has none feels but he who has proclaimed war against it for though it is easy for any not to wish for praise when it is denied him it is difficult not to be pleased with it when it is offered chrysostom observe how he has begun as it were describing some beast hard to discern and ready to steal upon him who is not greatly on his guard against it. It enters in secretly and carries off insensibly all those things that are within. Pseudo-Chrysostom. And therefore he enjoins this to be more carefully avoided. Take heed that ye do not your righteousness before men. It is our heart we must guard, for it is an invisible serpent that we have to guard against, which secretly enters in and seduces. But if the heart be pure, into which the enemy has succeeded in entering in, the righteous man soon feels that he is prompted by a strange spirit. But if his heart were full of wickedness, he does not readily perceive the suggestion of the devil. And therefore he first taught us, Be not angry, lust not, for that he who is under the yoke of these evils cannot attend to his own heart. But how can it be that we should not do our alms before men? Or if this may be, how can they be so done that we should not know of it? For if a poor man come before us in the presence of anyone, how shall we be able to give him alms in secret? If we lead him aside, it must be seen that we shall give him. Observe, then, that he said not simply, Do not before men, but added to be seen of them. He then who does righteousness, not from this motive, even if he does it before the eyes of men, it is not to be thought to be herein condemned. For he who does anything for God's sake sees nothing in his heart but God, for whose sake he does it, 
as a workman has always before his eyes him who has entrusted him with the work to do gregory for then we seek the fame of giving we make even our public deeds to be hidden in his sight for if herein we seek our own glory then they are already cast out of his sight even though there may be many by whom they are yet unknown it belongs only to the thoroughly perfect to suffer their deeds to be seen and to receive the praise of doing them as such sort that they are lifted up with no secret exultation whereas they that are weak because they cannot attain to this perfect contempt of their own fame must needs hide those good deeds that they do augustine in saying only that ye be seen of men without any addition he seems to have forbidden that we should make that the end of our actions for the apostle also declares if i yet pleased men i should not be the servant of christ says in another place i please all men in all things this he did not that he might please men but god to the love of whom he desires to turn the hearts of men by pleasing them as we should not think that he spoke absurdly who should say in this my pains in seeking a ship it is not the ship i seek but my country id he says this that he may be seen of men because there are some who do their righteousness before men that themselves may not be seen but the works themselves may be seen and their father who is in heaven may be glorified for they reckon not their own righteousness but his in the faith of whom they live id that he says otherwise ye shall not have your reward before your father who is in heaven signifies no more than that we ought to take heed that we seek not praise of men in reward of our own works pseudo chrysostom what shall you receive from god who have given god nothing what is done for god's sake is given to god and received by him but what is done because of men is cast to the winds but what wisdom is it to bestow our goods to reap empty words and to have despised the reward of god nay you deceive the very man for whose good word you look for he thinks you do it for god's sake otherwise he would rather reproach than commend you yet must we think him only to have done his work because of men who does it with his whole will and intention governed by the thought of them but if an idle thought seeking to be seen of men mount up in any one's heart but is resisted by the understanding spirit he is not thereupon to be condemned of man-pleasing for that the thought came to him was the passion of the flesh what he chose was the judgment of his soul verses two through four therefore when thou doest thine alms do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men verily i say unto you they have their reward but when thou doest alms let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth that thy alms may be in secret and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly augustine above the lord had spoken of righteousness in general he now pursues it through its different parts pseudo chrysostom he opposes three chief virtues alms prayer and fasting 
to three evil things against which the Lord undertook the war of temptation. For he fought for us in the wilderness against gluttony, against covetousness, on the mount, against false glory on the temple. It is alms that scatter abroad against covetousness, which heaps up, fasting against gluttony, which is its contrary, prayer against false glory, seeing that all other evil things came out of evil. This alone comes out of good, and therefore it is not overthrown, but rather nourished of good, and has no remedy that may avail against it, but prayer only. Ambrosiaster. The sum of all Christian discipline is comprehended in mercy and piety, for which reason he begins with almsgiving. Pseudo-Chrysostom. The trumpet stands for every act or word that tends to display of our works. For instance, to do alms if we know that some other person is looking on, or at the request of another, or to the person of such condition that he may make us return, and unless in such cases not to do them, yea, even if in some secret place they are done, with intent to be thought praiseworthy, then is the trumpet sounded. Augustine, thus what he says, do not sound a trumpet before thee, refers to what he had said above. Take heed that ye do not your righteousness before men. Jerome, he who sounded a trumpet before him when he does alms is a hypocrite. Whence he added, as the hypocrites do. Isid, the name hypocrite is derived from the appearance of those who in the shows are disguised in masks, variously colored according to the character they represent, sometimes male, sometimes female to impose on the spectators while they act in the games. Augustine, as when the hypocrites, a word meaning one who feigns, is personating a character of other men, act parts which are not naturally their own, for he who personates Agamemnon is not really Agamemnon, but fends to be so, so likewise in the churches, whosoever in his whole conduct desires to seem that he is not, is a hypocrite. He feigns himself righteous, and is not really so, seeing his only motive is praise of men. Gloss. In the words, in the streets and villages, he marks the public places which they selected, and in those that they may receive honor of men, he marks their motive. Gregory. It should be known that there are some who wear the dress of sanctity, and are not able to work out the merit of perfection, yet who must in no wise be numbered among the hypocrites, because it is one thing to sin from weakness, another from crafty affection. Augustine, and such sinners receive from God the searcher of hearts, none other reward than punishment of their deceitfulness. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. Jerome, a reward not of God, but of themselves, for they receive praise of men, for the sake of which it was that they practiced their virtues. Augustine, this refers to what he had said above, otherwise ye shall have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. And he goes on to show them that they should not do their alms as the hypocrites, but teaches them how they should do them. Chrysostom, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, is said as an extreme expression as much as to say, if it were possible, that you should not know yourself, and that your hands should be hid from your sight. That is, what you should most strive after. 
pseudo-chrysostom the apostles in the book of the constitutions interpret thus the right hand is the christian people which is at christ's right hand the left hand is all the people who are on his left hand he means then that when a christian does alms the unbeliever should not see it augustine but according to this interpretation it will be no fault to have a respect to pleasing the faithful and yet we are forbidden to propose as the end of any good work the pleasing of any kind of men yet if you would have men to imitate your actions which may be pleasing to them they must be done before unbelievers as well as believers if again according to another interpretation we take the left hand to mean our enemy and that our enemy should not know when we do our alms why did the lord himself mercifully heal men when the jews were standing round him and how too must we deal with our enemy himself according to the precept if thy enemy hunger feed him a third interpretation is ridiculous that the left hand signifies the wife and because women are wont to be more close in the matter of expense out of the family purse therefore the charities of the husband should be secret from the wife for the avoiding of domestic strife but this command is addressed to women as well as to men what then is the left hand from which women are bid to conceal their alms is the husband also the left hand of the wife and when it is commanded such that they enrich each other with good works it is clear they ought not to hide their good deeds nor is a theft to be committed to do god's service but if in any case something must needs be done covertly from respect of the weakness of the other though it is not lawful yet that we cannot suppose the wife to be intended by the left hand here is clear from the purport of the whole paragraph no not even such and one as he might well call left but that which is blamed in hypocrites namely that they seek the praise of men this you are forbid to do the left hand therefore seems to signify the delight in men's praise the right hand denotes the purpose of fulfilling the divine commandments whenever then the desire to gain honor of men mingles itself with the conscience of him that does alms it is then the left hand knowing what the right hand the right conscience does let not the left hand know therefore what the right hand doeth meaning let not the desire of men's praise mingle with your conscience but our lord does yet more strongly forbid the left hand alone to work in us than its mingling in the works of the right hand the intent with which he said all this is shown in that he adds that your alms may be in secret that is in that your good conscience only which human eye cannot see nor words discover though many things are said falsely of many but your good conscience itself is enough for you towards deserving your reward if you look for your reward from him who alone can see your conscience this is that he adds and your father which seeth in secret shall reward you many latin copies have openly pseudo chrysostom for it is impossible that god should leave in obscurity any good work of man but he makes it manifest in this world and glorifies it in the next world because it is the glory of god as likewise the devil manifests evil in which is shown the strength of his great wickedness but god properly makes public every good deed only in the world the goods of which are not common to the righteous and the wicked 
Therefore, to whomsoever God shall there show favor, it will be manifest that it was a reward of his righteousness. But the reward of virtue is not manifested in this world, in which both bad and good are alike in their fortunes. Augustine. But in the Greek copies, which are earlier, we have not the word openly. If, therefore, you desire spectators of your good deeds, behold, you have not merely angels and archangels, but the God of the universe. Verses 5 and 6. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Pseudo Chrysostom Solomon says, Before prayer, prepare thy soul. This he does who comes to prayer doing alms. For good works stir up the faith of the heart, and give the soul confidence in prayer to God. Alms, then, are a preparation for prayer. And therefore the Lord, after speaking of alms, proceeds accordingly to instruct us concerning prayer. Augustine. He does not now bid us pray, but instructs us how we should pray. As above, he did not command us to do alms, but showed the manner of doing them. Pseudo Chrysostom. Prayer is, as it were, a spiritual tribute, which the soul offers of its own bowels. Wherefore, the more glorious it is, the more watchful ought we to guard that it is not made vile by being done to be seen of men. Chrysostom. He calls them hypocrites, because, feigning that they are praying to God, they are looking round to men. And he adds, they love to pray in the synagogues. Pseudo Chrysostom. But I suppose that it is not the place that the Lord here refers to, but the motive of him that prays. For it is praiseworthy to pray in the congregation of the faithful. As it is said, in your churches, bless ye God. Whoever then so prays as to be seen of men does not look to God, but to men. And so far as his purpose is concerned, he prays in the synagogue. But he whose mind and prayer is wholly fixed on God, though he pray in the synagogue, yet seems to pray with himself in secret, in the corners of the streets, namely, that they may seem to be praying retiredly, and thus earn a twofold praise, both that they pray and that they pray in retirement. Gloss. For the corners of the streets are the places where one way crosses another and makes four crossways. Pseudochrysostom. He forbids us to pray in an assembly with the intent of being seen of that assembly, as he adds, that they may be seen of men. He that prays, therefore, should do nothing singular that might attract notice, as crying out, striking his breast, or reaching forth his hands. Augustine. Not that the mere being seen of men is an impiety, but the doing this in order to be seen of men. Chrysostom. It is a good thing to be drawn away from the thought of empty glory, but especially in prayer, for our thoughts are apt to stray of themselves. If then we address ourselves to prayer with this disease upon us, how shall we understand those things that are said by us? Augustine. The privity of other men is to be so far shunned by us 
as it leads us to do anything with this mind that we look for the fruit of their applause. Pseudo-Chrysostom Verily I say unto you, they have received their reward. For every man where he sows, there he reaps. Therefore they who pray because of men, not because of God, receive praise of men, not of God. Chrysostom He says, have received, because God was ready to give them that reward which comes from himself, but they prefer rather that which comes from men. He then goes on to teach how we should pray. Jerome. This, if taken in its plain sense, teaches the hearer to shun all desire of vain honor in praying. Pseudochrysostom. That none should be there present, save he only who is praying, for a witness, impedes rather than forwards prayer. Cyprian. The Lord has bid us, in his instructions, to pray secretly, in remote and withdrawn places, as best suited to faith, that we may be assured that God, who is present everywhere, hears and sees all, and in the fullness of his majesty penetrates even hidden places. Pseudo-Chrysostom, that we may also understand by the door of the chamber, the mouth of the body, so that we should not pray to God with loudness of tone, but with silent heart, for three reasons. First, because God is not to be gained by vehement crying, but by a right conscience, seeing he is a hearer of the heart. Secondly, because none but thyself and God should be privy to your secret prayers. Thirdly, because if you pray aloud, you hinder any other from praying near you. Cassian, also we should observe close silence in our prayers, that our enemies, who are ever most watchful to ensnare us at the time, may not know the purport of our petition. Augustine, or by our chambers are to be understood our hearts, of which it is spoken in the fourth psalm, what things ye utter in your hearts, and wherewith ye are pricked in your chambers. The door is the bodily senses, without are all worldly things, which enter into our thoughts through the senses, and that crowd of vain imaginings which beset us in our prayer. Cyprian, what insensibly it is to be snatched wandering off by light and profane imaginings, when you are presenting your entreaty to the Lord, as if there were aught else you ought rather to consider than that your converse is with God. How can you claim of God to attend to you when you do not attend to yourself? This is altogether to make no provision against the enemy. This is when praying to God to offend God's majesty by the neglectfulness of your prayer. Augustine. The door then must be shut, that is, we must resist the bodily sense, that we may address our Father in such spiritual prayer as is made in the inmost spirit, where we pray to him truly in secret. Rigmig. Let it be enough for you that he alone know your petitions. Who knows the secrets of all hearts? For he who sees all things, the same shall listen to you. Chrysostom. He said, not shall freely give thee, but shall reward thee. Thus he constitutes himself your debtor. End of chapter 6, verses 1 through 6.